we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the January 26th edition of the Sunday Side of Sports. Let's kick off in Algeria, where quarterfinal matches will be played Friday at the African Nations Championship or Chan Football Tournament for home-based players. In the first quarterfinal, Algeria will host Ivory Coast, and that will be followed by a quarterfinal between Senegal and Mauritania. On Saturday, there will be two more Chan quarterfinals. Madagascar will meet Mozambique, and then Niger will go against Ghana. Now, this is the seventh edition of the Chan Tournament, and we're guaranteed to have a team lifting the trophy for the first time. Of the eight teams remaining, Ghana has the best Chan pedigree, finishing runners-up in 2009 and 2014. Meanwhile, Madagascar has been impressive in its Chan debut, beating both Ghana and Sudan and finishing atop Group C with the maximum six points. Now let's go to Kenya, where top officials from world and African football recently visited to discuss restarting the sport in the country. To find out more, Iron Mike Mbonye called Nairobi, where he reached an online editor with the Nation Media Group, David Kualimwa. An eight-member team uh, from uh, FIFA and the CAF recently visited uh, Nairobi, uh, Kenya, uh, following the decision by FIFA to uh, lift an 11-month indefinite suspension on Kenyan football. Uh, the team was led by Gelson Fernandez, who is uh, the Africa head of uh, associations. Uh, uh, he led a team of uh, his colleagues from FIFA and CAF. Now, the team met uh, sports minister Ababu Namwamba, uh, who reiterated that uh, the Kenyan government uh, is keen to develop football and has lined up uh, programs to develop the game. Uh, Namwamba also stressed that the government of Kenya is not interested in uh, micromanaging football activities in the country, but will insist on transparency and accountability, especially uh, where uh, government uh, funds are involved. Uh, Onis Gelson Fernandez uh, said that uh, FIFA was keen to work with the government uh, to uh, develop the game, especially from the grassroots and through programs such as training of coaches and referees. Uh, the government of Kenya also took that opportunity to announce that uh, it will uh, be interested in uh, bidding to host the 2027 Africa Cup of Nations. So at face value, uh, it was a very uh, healthy and uh, exciting meeting between the government, um, FIFA, and the uh, Football Kenya Federation officials in Nairobi. David, what has been the experience with the Football Kenya Federation since the suspension by FIFA? Also, what's your advice to sister African countries who might want to interfere in the running of football association in their countries? The experience by uh, Kenyan stakeholders of not being involved or not being a member association of FIFA uh, was really humbling and one that uh, 
uh, really affected the development of football in Kenya. For starters, uh, Kenya missed out on competing in up to six uh, international competitions, including the Women's African Nations uh, Cup, uh, the African Nations Championship that is currently going on in Algeria. Kenya did miss out on the qualification matches, as well as the uh, ongoing Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers. So uh, Kenya did miss out on a number of uh, uh, competitions which uh, really affected the development of players and the exposure of players. As well, uh, two referees who are set to officiate at uh, the uh, 2022 FIFA World Cup were barred by FIFA from competing. Uh, and then there was no training of referees and coaches. Remember, that is an important factor in the development of football. As well, there was no functioning league season last season. Of course, uh, the government did come up with the measures uh, to come up with the league, but the league was not recognized by FIFA. The winner of the league did not have anything to write home about, did not compete in continental assignments. So more or less, it was not a functioning league as per FIFA's rulebook. And finally, there were no development funds sent from FIFA and CAF uh, to Kenyan football. Remember, FIFA does send in money to the tune of uh, hundreds of millions of dollars every year to develop Kenyan football and African football as a whole. That money was not disbursed. So uh, as per the words of uh, Football Kenya Federation Secretary General Barrio Tieno, uh, the ban on Kenyan football might have taken place for 11 months, but it is an equivalent of five years. That's David Kwalimwa, an online editor with the Nation Media Group. And David spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Nairobi, Kenya. Hi, guys. I'm Ferdinand Omanyala, the fastest man in Africa, African 100-meter record holder. And now you're listening to Sunny's Side of Sports on The Voice of America. VOA Africa is your trusted source for news, sports, entertainment, and music. Stay engaged with VOA Africa. We love to hear your voice. You can call us 24-7 on WhatsApp and leave a message. Leave comments, requests, or greetings. We may play your message on VOA Africa. Dial the international code PLUS1. Then 202-258-3076. VOA Africa is always happy to hear your voice. The number again is the international code plus one. Then 202-258-3076. This is Sony Side of Four African teams, Morocco, Nigeria, South Africa, and Zambia, have qualified for the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup Football Tournament. The premier women's competition will kick off July 20th in Australia and New Zealand. And two more teams from Africa, Cameroon and Senegal, will play inter-confederation playoff matches next month in New Zealand with a chance to advance to the Women's World Cup. Let's take a look at those African playoff matches Cameroon will take on Thailand February 18th in Hamilton, New Zealand. And that same day, Senegal will play Haiti in Auckland, New Zealand. 
if Cameroon and Senegal win those matches, they would still have to win one more game to book a ticket to the Women's World Cup. The Cameroon-Thailand winner will take on Portugal February 22nd, and the Senegal-Haiti winner will play Chile on February 22nd. Of the four African teams already qualified, Morocco and Zambia will both be making their Women's World Cup debuts. For an update on Zambia's preparations, Iron Mike Mbonye called Chingola, Zambia, where he reached the team's head coach, Bruce Mwape. Yeah, I'm actually in touch with uh, almost all the players that we, we have. And we are also planning to have uh, a local camping where we want to look at... Um, the local players, some of these girls uh, who are playing in the uh, international league. Zambia is in Group C with Spain, Costa Rica, and Japan. Are you familiar with some of these teams, and uh, are you scared with the big names? Yeah, it's actually it's not the first time that we are participating in a major tournament. If you remember very well. There was a time when we qualified to the Olympics and we may, we, we actually played uh, a big teams like Brazil, Netherlands, and we also watched some of these uh, so-called uh, big teams while in uh, Olympics. Okay, so it's safe to say that we are familiar with the teams in the same group with you? Yeah, we are, we are actually familiar and um, that's what we want. We want to expect, I mean, we want to play like you're saying, the big teams, because we also want to be uh, recognized as one of the big teams in the, in the world. Coach, the Zambia female, uh, Zambia Women's uh, Football League is on now, am I right? Yes, you're right. Are you monitoring the league to see how you get some new faces or other players to add to the team that will go to the World Cup? Yeah, that is uh, the biggest assignment that we've got. We need to go actually identify some of the players that we have never seen uh, play for for the national team because um, some teams are, are coming from very far away from uh, from the uh, Lusaka, the capital city rather. So, so we need to monitor. I'm sure you you know when you talk about the national league, you're talking about the entire national where there the, are the, the teams participating in the Premier League. So we are, we are actually monitoring them uh, week in, week out. Do you have some of your players, I mean the women's national team players, playing in countries like Nigeria, South Africa or in Europe? We have got um, um, a good number of players playing in Europe and um, even Asia uh, <clears throat> one of them is uh, of course Barbara she's playing in China and these others yes, they are playing in uh, Spain we've got others playing in um, Turkey as well so at the moment we've got a good number of players playing outside the country what message do you have for Zambians because they are looking up to the Copa Queens to do the country proud yeah they actually expect is uh, a team to perform well when we go to the, uh, the World Cup. And what matters most is uh, the way you prepare the team. If you don't prepare well, don't expect to win the, the, the Cup. But if you prepare the team well, of course you will not go to the research just to add numbers. No. 
you go there to compete. And, uh, of course, the aim is to win the, the World Cup. That's all. That's Bruce Wappe, the head coach of Zambia's national women's football team, nicknamed the Copper Queens. And Coach Wappe spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Chingola, Zambia. Sporty greetings. This is Memory Malisawa, Major Officer of Copper Queens of Zambia. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Hello, this is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Thanks, Heather. Turning to tennis... 2022 Wimbledon champion Elena Rabakina of Kazakhstan will play Arena Sabalenka of Belarus in the women's singles final at the Australian Open. Craig Gabriel reports from Melbourne. Before winning Wimbledon last year, the best Elena Rabakina had done at the majors was one quarter final. Wimbledon turned things for the Kazakh. Six months after that incredible moment, she's also in the final of the Australian Open. And unlike at the All England Club, there were moments when she showed plenty of emotion. Happy, at the same time tired, but I think it was really good match and uh, it'd be different conditions today compared to the other matches I played, but uh, yeah, super happy to be in the final and ready to give everything I have left uh, in one day. After a close first set that saw some service break exchanges, Rabakina defeated two-time Australian Open champion Vika Azarenka 7-6-6-3. It was not easy because Vika, she's a great player and uh, she was playing really good, smart, and uh, yeah, overall, uh, I'm happy that uh, I managed to win first set, and uh, then it was uh, a bit better in the second. Later in the evening, Arena Sabalenka reached her first final at the majors by beating Magda Lynette 7-6-6-2. There is still one more match to go. It's good that I, I kind of uh, break through <laughs> the semifinals, but there is one more, one more match to go. Yeah, I just want to stay focused. Sabalenka is statuesque, and she certainly hits the cover off the ball, and that sort of power got her over the line and into the final of the Australian Open. She hopes, having played and won the doubles final a couple of years ago on the Rod Laver Arena will be of benefit with experience. This is certainly a big moment for the 24-year-old who's often fallen at the crucial hurdles in the past. To be honest, I think um, I'm not going to do something extra you know like i think that's that's okay to feel a little bit nervous it's it's a it's a big tournament a big final and if you're gonna start trying to do something about that it's gonna become bigger you know so i'll just leave it like that that's that's okay to feel feel nervous novak Djokovic says he's sending a message to remaining opponents karen hashinov says he's reinvented himself since last year's u.s open tommy paul the first american man to reach the aussie open semis since andy roddick in 2009 
mine feels this is all cool, man, being in the semis, and profound Stefano Tsitsipas wants to produce a magic show. Just a slight look at what's to come as Novak takes on Tommy, who can't believe he's going to be in the top 20 for the first time, but is likely to have a reality check with the nine-time champion, and Stefanos, who will have the crowd with him when he faces Karen, who says his level will have to be great against the Greek. Craig Gabriel, VOA Sports, Melbourne. Thanks, Craig. You can follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook, Twitter, and at voaafrica.com. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. My Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. And if you go to voaafrica.com, you can listen online to the sunny side of sports and other VOA programs. VOAAfrica.com Check it out. This sunny side of sports programming note, Muck Bill Yabaro will be hosting the show on Friday, January 27th and Monday, January 30th as I look forward to a birthday weekend. For those keeping score, I'll be blowing out 62 candles. Count them, 62 candles on my birthday cake. In European club football, Manchester City will host Arsenal Friday in the fourth round of the FA Cup tournament. The Gunners of Arsenal currently lead Man City by five points in the English Premier League. VOA's Gwen Uten joins us now with a preview. Sporty greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Sonny. Reigning Premier League champions Manchester City began the season as the favorites to come out on top in their title defense. However, Man City are currently in second place behind leaders Arsenal after 20 league matches played. Arsenal have not won a league title for 19 years, but they have a five-point advantage over the defending champions with a game in hand. The top two have yet to face each other in the Premier League this season. But on Friday, Man City and Arsenal will go head-to-head for the first time at Idiot Stadium in the FA Cup fourth round. Some regard Friday's match as a preview of what's to come in their race to the Premier League title. But in a Wednesday press conference, Arsenal manager Mikel Ateta told reporters he expects the next two matches against his on-pitch rival to be very different. I think they're going to be two very, very different games. Um, and to put similarities into them, I think it's just uh, uh, very unreal. Um, maybe for the players that are going to be on that pitch, 
um, but as well because of the context is is extremely different. But um, let's see. Obviously, it's important always to play well and and to win. That gives you more momentum, more confidence, and and prepares you better for the next match. And that's our focus to to do that on Friday. Mikel Arteta, who wore the captain's armband for Arsenal during his playing years, served as assistant coach to manager Pep Guardiola at Manchester City from 2016 until 2019, the year he was appointed head coach of his former club. Arteta led Arsenal to an FA Cup title in the 2019-2020 season after defeating then-defending champions Man City in the semifinals. And with that victory, Arteta became the first player to win the FA Cup as both captain and coach in Arsenal's history. Now, in his quest to once again clinch the FA Cup title, Arteta admits he wishes his upcoming opponent was someone other than Pep Guardiola. I would prefer to do with someone else, to be fair, because I want the best for him. Um generally the best for him and obviously when when you are challenging with somebody like this uh something comes in between of that so it's a strange feeling uh is what it is and um and that's our challenge but despite the challenge arteta says friday's match could be his team's defining moment it would define him obviously because if we are able to win on friday we'll go to the next round and they won't and if they beat us that will be the opposite way around so obviously it's a competition that it's really important for us that is very attached to our club and our history and um, i will define a, a moment that's for sure gabriel jesus and alex zinchenko have been ruled out of friday's match Reese Nelson and Mohamed Elneny are also expected to be sidelined. Arteta reports there are no new injuries ahead of his FA Cup tie, a match he calls a big test for his side. Big match, uh, big test for us, um, against, in my opinion, the best football team in the world. Um, and looking forward to it because it's going to tell us a lot about where we are. Manchester City's recent performance on the pitch has been both praised and criticized by manager Pep Guardiola, who reportedly warned his squad that they must improve in order to surpass Arsenal in the Premier League. Man City have won six of seven meetings against Arsenal with Arteta at the helm. And as the two teams prepare to face off in Friday's FA Cup tie, we'll see if the results play to the advantage of the winning team when they meet again in their first Premier League clash on February 15th. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uten. Pro basketball, 10 NBA games Wednesday night. The highest scoring game was in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where the Philadelphia 76ers held off the Brooklyn Nets to win their sixth consecutive game. The AP's Day Ferry reports. The 76ers erupted for 75 points in the first half before holding off the Nets 137-133. Five Sixers scored at least 18 points, led by Tyrese Maxey with 27 off the bench. We didn't really play good. Um, you know, we, they shot 60% from the field, I think Doc, uh, Coach Doc was saying. So 
But at the, end of, at the end of the day, those games are one you have to tough out and grit out. And uh, it shows a lot about your team. And uh, we won that one. Joel Embiid delivered 26 points and 10 rebounds, while James Harden added 23 points. Nets guard Seth Curry led all scorers with 32 points off the bench. I'm Dave Ferry. Thanks, Dave. Now let's go to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks were victorious against the Denver Nuggets. The AP's Chuck Freeman reports. The Bucks strolled through a 107-99 win over the Nuggets, who were missing many of their stars, including MVP Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Giannis Antetokounmpo had 33 to lead the way. Antetokounmpo says he doesn't concern himself with the opponent's roster. I just try to focus on myself and what I can do to help my team be successful and try to win that game that night. So it doesn't really change who's uh, in front of me. The Nuggets tried to be physical with Antetokounmpo. He shot 22 free throws in the second half. The Bucks also won despite committing 23 turnovers. Aaron Gordon had 26 points for the Nuggets. Chuck Freeman, Milwaukee. Thanks, Chuck. From Milwaukee, let's head to San Francisco, California, where the defending NBA champion Golden State Warriors defeated the Memphis Grizzlies. Picking up the story, here's the AP's Ryan Leong. Jordan Poole's layup with one second on the clock lifted the Warriors to a 122-120 win over the Grizzlies. The victory ends Golden State's four-game home losing streak. Stephen Curry had a game-high 34 points but was ejected late in the fourth quarter for throwing his mouth guard into the stands. JP with, you know, the game winner at the end, execution was great. Um, We needed that one. So there's a lot of, there's a sense of urgency for sure and kind of let my emotions get in the way of it. Klay Thompson added 24 points and Poole had 21. The Grizzlies have now lost four in a row on the road. In the loss, John Morant had 29 points and 12 assists. Ryan Leong, San Francisco. Sporty greetings. This is Masai Ujiri, the president of Toronto Raptors Basketball, president of Giants of Africa Foundation. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Voice of America. The Voice of America is once again a proud broadcasting partner of the Men's Basketball Africa League, or BAL, which tips off its third season on March 11th in Dakar, Senegal. The league recently held a two-day scouting combine in Paris. BAL President Amadou Galafal gives us details. Uh, the BAL combine is one of the key uh, tent poles or events uh, uh, that we have uh, ahead of our season three. Uh, this is an opportunity for all our teams that traveled here, the 12 teams, send representation. We gathered a group of 30 players, uh, many of them with NBA ecosystem experience that played in the G League, they played in universities. Uh, Those players are here and along with some coaches that we brought, Coach Quinn Snyder, who is the the director of this combine, and Jean Metupan, the head coach of the French national team, who for many years uh, was the head coach at INSAP that produced so many uh, talented players from France in the NBA. Uh, Lamine Kebe, who is the coach of the under-18 uh, French national team. So all these experts working with a group of 30 players uh, to put them through different tests and, and drills, uh, including testing their uh, physical abilities, their degree of athleticism uh, beyond the measurement, and then we'll see them on the court. So the 
it's essentially for the BAL teams to have an opportunity uh, to come and view a talent pool and add to their rosters. At the end of the day, we're looking to improve the product on the court. The quality of basketball on the court is what we want to see continue to improve. We've seen tremendous improvement from season one to season two. We are looking to build on that momentum for season three. BAL president Amadou Gallo-Fall says season three will once again feature a caravan format. 15 games will be played at the Dakar Arena in Senegal from March 11th to March 21st. 15 more games will be played at the Hassan Mustafa Indoor Sports Complex in Cairo, Egypt from April 26th to May 6th. And an eight-game single elimination playoffs and BAL finals will be held at the BK Arena in Kigali, Rwanda, from May 21st to May 27th. And that wraps up the January 26th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA Sunny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports. <laughs>